listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, and welcome to our podcast live from the ABA section of Antitrust Spring Meeting um, 2018. This is Chris Yuko King and Spalding, and I'm the host of today's episode, which is being recorded on location at the ABA Spring Meeting in Washington, D.C. Joining me today, I have April Tabor of the Federal Trade Commission and Paula Martucci of Walmart Stores. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, before we get started, uh, maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves and your background and where you work and what you do. Maybe we could start with Paula. So I am in-house counsel at Walmart, and um, I've been there a, almost, it'll be 22 years this summer, and I've worn lots and lots of different hats. Currently, I'm managing litigation for product liability and consumer protection issues. Very good. Very good. And April, you can tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. So currently, I'm at the Federal Trade Commission. Currently, I'm acting director for records and information management. I just started that, but um, up until last month, I was working in the office of the secretary as an attorney advisor. Okay. Well, very good. Thank you both for spending some time with us in our audience today. Um, our topic this afternoon is what can the antitrust section do for you and your career? And while I'll say this topic is probably geared towards younger or newer attorneys, um, I think a wide uh, swath of our audience can probably appreciate how we can best maximize our investments of time and energy into the section. So we do appreciate you sharing a little bit of your insights. I'll, I'll start with Paula. Um, can you provide us with a brief history of your involvement um, with the section and maybe specifically not only when you got involved, but why, uh, what compelled you to join? Well, it, just to give a little background, I belonged to the ABA since I was a law student, but I would say the first half of my legal career, the ABA was just a very expensive magazine subscription. And I belonged to my local bars and my state bar and that type of thing. But I attended a compliance conference and I was sitting in on a section on pricing. And after the, the program was over, the, one of the people on the panel, we started talking and they said, why don't you belong to the section of antitrust? And I was, I don't practice antitrust law. I do pricing. <laughs> and that's when they that's when they gave me a broad overview of all the different things the section had to offer. And so I didn't call what I was doing antitrust law, but the section had all kinds of things for me. And in my 22 years at Walmart, I've worn lots of different hats. And what's been great is the section has all different kinds of committees. So my involvement has... Um, it's, it's kind of woven through the section, and I've been able to find resources, whether I'm doing information security and privacy, or whether I'm doing consumer protection, or whether I'm doing pricing and more traditional antitrust work. So, um, and then I realized all my outside counsel were all coming to Washington, D.C. in the spring, and I was like, oh. <laughs> and then I got here, and I was like, well, these are the books and the publications they're producing. That would help me. And here's other firms that I could use. And here's topics I need to be aware of. And here's relationships I need to build. And because I'm located in rural America, I don't have all that in my local bar. So joining the section and coming here um, just instantly give, opens up a whole other world for me. Okay, very good. And I should also probably ask both of our... Um uh, uh, participants today, what which sections are you most involved with currently? So I'm involved in the section of antitrust. I'm sorry, com committees. Uh, what committees? committees? Okay. And so my I'm currently an officer. And so the committees that I 
belong to or like I like on the website I belong to committees and I keep an eye on things. Most recently I was on council and there I was the um, responsible council person to the state enforcement committee and um, distribution and franchising. But the very first committee I ever joined was Robinson Patman and its name has changed since then to pricing conduct and I'm not sure what it is at, at this moment. Um, my all-time go-to committee is corporate counseling and um, but also now there's all the ones for consumer protection. So I take advantage of everybody's brown bags and their monthly updates. So just <laughs> a big buffet of, of things that help me do my job better. Great, great. And April? And you're right. Your Robinson-Patman committee is now pricing conduct. I deal with membership and diversity primarily, um, which Paula used to be chair of, actually. And uh, that's my primary committee um, that focuses on increasing membership, providing a better experience for members, improving the diversity of the section. But then I'm also on the Privacy and Information Security Committee. And I joined that because I wanted to learn more about privacy law. And to the extent that there are opportunities to develop your substantive knowledge, a committee is a great way to do it. So for me, I am constantly on the, it's called PRIS, P-R-I-S, uh, but it is not prissy, and it has updates every month. And so I will go to the updates, which are webinars. I'll participate and review the newsletters, any articles that come out, just so I can stay on top of the legal developments. And then that way, when I do have a conversation with someone in privacy law, I actually can have an intelligent conversation and know what they're talking about. Um, so that's been very helpful so that in the event I ever want to transition perhaps into practice in privacy law, I would feel pretty equipped to do it. That makes sense. And actually, I should ask then, um, both of you were involved in the leadership of the Membership and Diversity Committee at some point. Did you meet through that committee or I guess maybe spend more time together, obviously? We did meet through that committee, didn't we? I think so. I mean, there's a ch- we've known each other long enough that I can't remember the exact time, but April was a vice chair and I was a chair and we had tons of projects together and monthly phone calls and post-annuals and all different kinds of things. And um, and it is near and dear to my heart, so I never stray too far. <laughs> and, um, and April and her committee do all kinds of amazing things. And so in leadership, it's really important for all of us to support the Membership and Diversity Committee. So um, it makes it that much easier that we have a relationship already. That makes sense. And I'm actually um, a young lawyer representative this year. And so I'm assigned to the um, content committee. Um, and I and I've heard um, through my throughout my involvement in the section that committee work really is where you get to get to know people the best because you're working with them on day to day projects and um, and higher level things. So would you would you say that that is kind of the case? Would you encourage younger lawyers to get involved with committees? Definitely, because that's where most of the work happens in the section. And like you said, you get to work closely with individuals. So. Through the committees, I've had a chance to work closely with individuals I may never otherwise have worked with, like Paula or like Scott Perlman um, in private practice. I get to work with individuals who are in government, government enforcers. I get to work with international enforcers. And we all get to work on these pet projects that we're passionate about. And that's a wonderful 
I mean, that is a wonderful experience to have where we're working together. We're not necessarily adversarial, which working at the FTC, a lot of times I'm working with individuals in a very different context. So it's always helpful to, to have this experience in the section where I, where we are on the same team. Kind of transitioning to a slightly different topic, um, Paula, what would you say you get the most out of section involvement as an in-house um, attorney specifically? One is substantive knowledge that helps me do my job better. Um, there's all kinds of resources and ways for me to increase my knowledge on subjects. Because I'm not in a major city, it, um, it allows me to get my CLE. It allows me to stay on top of trends. It allows me to hear from regulators to hear what's important from, for them on an enforcement level. It helps me build relationships. On a very personal level, I would say that it really gave me a lot of professional satisfaction and increased my engagement. So when I was on the Robinson-Patman Committee, um, a U.S. Supreme Court case came down, and I was getting information from my committee before I was hearing it from my outside counsel or reading it in the newspaper or hearing about it from Nina Totenberg on NPR. So um, that was really exciting. So I'm sitting in my little cubicle, <laughs> and I'm getting updates on a Supreme Court case as it's coming down. Um, another thing we did in this section for our membership engagement activity, we had a Supreme Court swearing in, and I got to participate in that. And, and so that was a really neat event to go with people in the section and attend a Supreme Court case and to be sworn in. And that's just exciting. I mean, you need to look for things like that, reasons to get up out of your desk and get involved in the community. We have service projects that we do. I get to sit there and rub elbows with people from all over the world, people that are in enforcement or private practice, and we're painting a school in a different country and getting to know each other. And then they know that I'm an AK person and I'm like, oh, you're approachable and can we work through some bigger problems together now that we um, know each other a little bit better and that kind of stuff. There's, there's no way that I could have those opportunities and experiences if I didn't get involved in the section. So the other thing is, is that if you're in a company or you're in a firm, you have a limited number of resources for mentors. There are so many people in the section that care about each other and that care about helping young lawyers or helping people develop and stretch you and give you opportunities that you might not have in your in your role back at your your day job. And so that's one of the, the greatest things. The all-time best thing, though, I think is the personal relationships and uh, watching each other's kids grow up. <laughs> and we're an extremely family-oriented section. And so... Um, my daughter's 22, but everybody's watched her grow up from about 10 years old, coming along to events and things that made us feel welcome. And so um, it's just, it's something that, it's part of our family life. It's part of my professional life. And uh, it makes being a lawyer a whole lot more fun. <laughs> well, it's, it sounds like um, you've, you've received a lot of benefit that's not only strictly professional. Um, it sounds like it's more holistic than that. Um, it's interesting to hear. April, what about you? I guess you, you have spent time at both, um, in both the government, but also private practice, I believe. What would you say some of the best features or things that you've drawn from your experience with this section so far? So I would say the greatest feature or the best thing I've actually drawn from the section has actually been delegation. So coming into the section and into a leadership role in the section, uh, when I did join leadership, I had an issue with delegation. 
I would do everything. I wouldn't delegate to anybody. I would do everything. And you can imagine how that would be pretty challenging um, over time. So what I loved was that being in the leadership role, it gave me a team of people that I could work with and gave me a lot of practice delegating, a lot of practice managing projects, things that are, were skills that I needed to learn in my day-to-day job that I really didn't have a lot of opportunities to practice in my day-to-day job. So especially when I entered into the co-chair role and then got saddled with a ton of work and essentially, well, ton wasn't relative, just more work, enough that it forced me to delegate and it forced me to manage projects and manage people. And you have to manage individuals in a different way because they're all volunteers. They're all doing this out of the goodness of their heart. And that's not to say that even in your day job, you're going to be a slave driver about things, but it does teach you about how to work with others in a way where you're asking for a deliverable, you need things done in a certain amount of time, you need your project managed in a certain amount of time. That actually was a very concrete skill that I can attribute solely to the ABA. And that has helped me in my work, my day-to-day job, um, as I've moved now into a, a managerial position. And so now I'm managing a team of people. I was just telling you, it's almost 30 people. And I'm able to manage them and I'm able to handle that responsibility because of the skills that I've actually honed over the last, what, four years now in a chair position in ABA leadership. So that's that was immeasurable. And, and picking up on one thing you just said, I think in, in my shorter time um, in this section, what I've been impressed with is it is a volunteer organization. Nobody... Uh, is forced to do this and nobody's getting compensated to do this yet I feel like everybody does when they do get involved they do take it seriously their responsibilities especially the leadership Um, I see them spend a lot of time and effort in carrying out their responsibilities and it's I think that part of it has been impressive for sure I think we are getting closer to our um, the end of our time how about our last question section participation is uh, rewarding but as you mentioned, April, it can also be time-consuming as well. Um, how have you found that balance? Have there been times where you've had to pull back a bit due to whatever else has been going on in your busy lives? Or have you were you able to find that balance fairly early on? Let's start with you, April. I definitely had to pull back a few times. And not just because of just what was on my plate. But the good thing is, is that there is a there are people who will help. The key is to communicate. The key is to be in constant communication with individuals. You can't, just like in your day-to-day job, you can't just let the ball drop and not tell anybody. There will always be somebody who's willing to help. There's always somebody who's willing to pick up the ball where you left it because we do believe in the work. We are passionate about the work of the section and what it does. We believe strongly in it. And so you'll always find help. You just have to be open to it and be willing to ask for it. Great, great. And same question to you, Paula. There's an ebb and flow to how much extra time you have and what other things are going on um, in your life. So you you need to kind of monitor that yourself. And so when, like one time somebody asked me if I wanted to serve on two committees. So on the one hand, it's an honor. But on the other hand, I was like, oh, it would it would be more wise of me to decline than to take them both on and not do them to the best of my ability. So, um, and then there's other things. It's like, I try to ask for guidance on how to flow to my strengths. So I was on um, publications and worked on an an editorial board for a, a treatise. 
and I learned a lot, but it is not my strength. And so, um, so it's, it's important to recognize what your strengths and weaknesses are and how you can best be a valuable contributor. And when you're doing things um, that you enjoy and they are compatible with the work that you do um, during your day job, then um, it, it's a better fit and a better balance. But to April's point, if you do need help, it's ask and communicate that early and then everybody else can adapt and help because you, you want to follow through whenever you do take on something. Well, very good. It looks like we've reached the end of our program. I want to, again, thank April and Paula for spending your time with us this afternoon. If our listeners have questions or wish to follow up with you, how can they best reach, uh, reach out to you? April and I are both, um, our contact information is on the ABA Section of Antitrust website because we're both in leadership. So that's probably the most constant, best place to have our updated information. Yeah, mine's actually on the membership page. So if you go to the section, go to section membership, I'm right there and I'm very easy to reach. Okay, perfect. Well, this concludes another podcast from the ABA Section of Antitrust Law Spring Meeting 2018. If you like what you heard, please find us and rate us in Apple Podcasts. Again, I'm Chris Uke. And until next time, thank you for listening. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.